Welcome back to the Big Water Podcast. I am Captain Ross Robertson, and today we have a longtime friend and industry guru, if you want to call him that, but it's good when you got both of those things together. It's Captain Chip Cartwright of Silver Streak Lures, also known as Wolverine Tackle. A lot of guys don't know that. They think of thinking that company is Silver Streak Lures because, honestly, is that kind of the lure that put you guys on the map back in the day, Chip? Yeah, that is uh, the lure that, that did us. That's, you know, that's what we call our lures, Silver Streaks, is the uh, trademark name um, Wolverine Tackle is just the name of the company um, so it's kind of a little confusion there but we go by whatever anybody calls us we answer to most things I guess I know we've been called a few things <laughs> back in the day but let, let, let's back this train up a little bit I've, I've met you roughly I want to say it's about 17 years ago in that range believe it or not and at that time, you know, I, I've been doing the walleye thing. That's kind of my deal. At that time, you guys were, I think we could both agree, more salmon focused. And you were seeing things change with the whole salmon market and we're looking to diversify. And, and that's kind of when some of these harnesses and, and just some other type stuff from that traditional, you know, Silver Streak lure we were just talking about came about. Is that correct? Yeah. Originally, we started as a, a salmon company. Uh, my father's the one who started the company. And we just made uh, regular Silver Streaks to one size. We started in 1984, a long time ago. Um, but we keep adding every year, plugging away. And yeah, when uh, we had a little hiccup in the salmon industry, um, I diversified and got into the walleye a lot more. Uh, plus, it's a lot closer to home. So I used to fish Frankfurt all the time. It's a four-hour drive. Lake Erie is a lot closer drive for me now. Well, I mean, let's let's back it up even farther then. I mean, again, I know a lot of the story just because I've, I've spent a lot of time in the boat with you and been around. We've shot a bunch of TV shows together and worked countless sports shows together. We've gotten each other sick at these sports shows. I don't know how many times, if you know what I mean. But the, <laughs> oh, yeah. the reality is, is your dad started this deal. And he before he even started it, he worked for an, another lure manufacturer, which I don't know if you want to name or not. But I mean, that, he was working in design and stuff like that. Tell me. I, I don't remember the entire story, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, he started in fishing in 68 when they had the first runs of, of salmon and stuff so i mean the first picture of me ever reeling the salmon is in 1970 um but he started pretty early on probably around 1970 he was field testing for lure jensen they did that for a long time um and he worked in the automotive industry and the, the big layoffs around 79 he got laid off and actually went to work for uh Eppinger, Daredevil Lures, and they wanted to create some uh, Great Lakes stuff. You know, they had the casting stuff pretty well, but they didn't have any good trolling spoons. So, And a lot of people don't realize that the old Daredevil, you know, think of for pike flying trips and stuff like that, Five of Diamonds and Red and White, they're in the Detroit metro area centrally, right? Yep, or we're over in Dearborn. Store, yep. And and Silver Streak mm-hmm. Lures is located not far from that now, you know, kind of in the hub of all the Great Lakes, right in the center, basically. Yep. Um, so he actually went to work for them and designed, uh, the flutter chuck. He was the chuck and flutter chuck. Um, he worked there for a few years until they parted ways and we started our own company. Um, and so, does, so the, the silver streak lure, not to jump on top of here, but you know, I'm, I'm intrigued by these things as much as anybody, I think, or more the, the silver streak lure. Was that because you guys were silver plating these when other people weren't or what, what's the whole background? Isn't there a little story on that too? Yeah, we were we were playing with that a little bit when he was at Eppinger's, but we went wholeheartedly into that when we designed the Silver Streaks. Um, and you got to remember at that time, back in the 80s, um, 
in the Great Lakes, I mean, Lake Michigan, you couldn't see five feet down. You know, we we're salmon fishing, so we we're running down. Whereas your cannonball, you'd lose it five or six feet down. That's that's all you could see. So the silver plate in attracts light a lot better and get you know get them uh, reflects it a lot better. Um, so anything you can do to try to make that spoon with more flash or, or attract more fish because the visibility was so poor in those days. You know, where that's why taxes have changed a lot because our lakes are so much cleaner than they were uh, yeah, I mean, Cuyah- 30 years ago. Cuyahoga River caught on fire, what was it, 69 or somewhere in that yeah. range? So, yeah, oh, yeah. Th- things have evolved a lot. I mean, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but there's a lot of walleye lures now that I know you don't sell really well in silver plated, but you've made me a bunch of custom painted ones in the last couple of years that are just been just straight fire for me. Um, so... And a lot of people just don't seem to even have silver plated available. I don't know why, but I guess if people don't really want to buy it, they aren't going to make it. Well, you know, that's a lot of it too, is, is times are different now with the internet. Everything's, you know, you can get your information a lot faster, a lot quicker. Well, some guys talked about uh, old proverbial stuff, you know, it's coppers for Lake Erie. You got to run coppers, you got to run coppers. So that makes silvers or golds. Uh, a tougher sell. I mean, we're doing a lot more now with the antifreeze and new people getting involved and, and they're willing to try a bunch of different stuff, but silver's still a tough sell. I know you just whack the fish out of it, uh, on it, you know. Um, it's all personal preference. That's why, I mean, we have so many darn colors. It's Everybody has a different opinion. What, what works for everybody is a little bit different. Fisher, fishermen uh-huh. are stubborn. You know, I have a lot of guys, my guide clients in particular, that, you know, own their own boats that fish with me and the I don't, I don't even know what we want to call that lure. I think you're probably going to come out with it this year, that, that custom one that I had you do for me. And I mean, mm-hmm. it was just insane. I mean, probably a thousand fish on that pattern on the, on the silver streak, um, mini in particular, some on the juniors, but mainly on the mini this year. And I had people that own their own boats. Like I said, the fish with me, they're like, what are we doing with that silver? And I'm like, we just caught like 30, 40 fish today on that thing. <laughs> are you really questioning? You're looking at the, oh, I run copper. And I'm like, can you really be that thick headed that you watch this thing outfish everything today? And you're going to tell me, well, that's not what you do. I'll tell you, fishermen sometimes just blow my mind. You're seeing is believing and sometimes not even that with guys. Oh, that's, that's fishermen. You know, I get, I got some guys that are so picky. I have two guys that do all of our painting and, uh, <laughs> One guy can pick a difference out between the two painters on some of our patterns, like the pink panties and stuff, because it has, you know, they're all hand airbrushed. One has a little more purple than the others, and, and he likes one better than the other. Well, and that guy. I won't mention, I won't mention any names on that one. Yeah, but, and just so you know, know everybody knows uh, at home there, he's talking about me because I'm, kind of, I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of a paint snob with these things. And I won't say which painter that I tend to like better, but I can tell which one is which. But, um, yeah, that's, well, that's probably getting a little picky, huh? Uh no, because you know fishing's a confidence deal. You got to have confidence in what you're using, and, and um, that's going to work better for you. You know, you might run a little longer and better times, so it's going to produce better for you. Um, like everybody says, "Oh, give me the one that's going to catch fish." I'm like, "Well, tell me the one that you're going to put and run in the water, because they ain't going to catch fish unless you're willing to run it." You know, uh, during all the times. So, figure out when so it's going to work. Let's back up even again here, because here's the stuff that people I think are in, in, you know, entrenched with. And, you know, family business things are just flat out tough. I got buddies that are, have family businesses that are in things that I would consider a lot more lucrative than fishing. Right. Um, you know, fishing's mm-hmm. a hobby and it's not necessary. I got buddies that have businesses that, I mean, the family fighting and the things and the ups and the downs. I mean, being in a, in a family fishing business, a majority of your adult life, is that fair to say? I mean, that's got to be just tough. I mean, you were as a, as a kid, you were hooking and ringing and, and things like that, right? Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, 
Well, it's, I, I started, I think it's starting my 20th year uh, running the company for my ma since my dad passed away. Uh, he was sick with cancer for a few years beforehand. Um, but I started doing fishing shows with him when I was 12 years old. Uh, I was telling somebody this, I used to, I made a little board and I used to tie spring wigglers, sell them for a quarter when I was 12 years old, you know, get three or four bucks and go buy some more material and tie some more flies. Take that millennials. That's, that's where I started. And, and <laughs> that was one of my 42 years ago. I've been doing it. So <laughs> just a couple of years under my belt. Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, for you again, I'll let you tell the story, but because of your dad's situation and being the family business, you know, compared to some other people, I don't want to say it was by any means because it's definitely not easier the way that you kind of came into it. But, you know, to, to some people, you know, if you had a quote unquote regular job, you worked at a machine shop or whatever, you know, to make that jump, you know, to go, it's, it's a difficult thing. And, you know, the money and obviously trying to get enough business and that was it, I mean, easier for you? Like, was there no question that, Hey, this is what I want to do. I want to take over silver streak or was that kind of a big, you know, contemplation um, sitting down at the family table? It was, it was a big decision. Um, I actually was an automotive designer, um, and I had left that company that uh, at the time my wife and I were thinking about having kids and, and basically she has a good job too, but we wanted somebody to raise the kids. One of us instead of putting them in daycare every day. Um, the lure company afforded me, I could go to work and bring my kids to work every day and, you know, I get them on the bus, get them off the bus. You know, it means working late at night sometimes and odd hours so I can go do stuff for my kids. But, that was a choice that I made so I could um, be around my kids and raise them. You know, I think the guys that are, and I'm going to start picking on them early. These guys that are doing this shit in the, in, the, in the garages that think it's glamorous. I don't know how many times I've talked to you and on speakerphone when you're pouring blade baits because you got an order that has to go out and something happened or you're tying harnesses yourself, you know? Oh, I, mean, yeah. I mean, people don't, they just don't understand if you don't, if you like fishing, don't get into the fishing business. If you love it, maybe. If you're like Al Linder crazy, you might have a chance because it the hours you put in, I mean, this is a labor of love, is it not? Oh, yeah. It's uh, your dollar per hour is not very well for what you're working for making lures. But, you know, uh, if it's something you really like and, and you know, 99.9% .9 of the people you meet are really great. Um, there's a few bad eggs and everything, but Not that number might know, be a hair just... high for me, but I'm listening. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're not talking about, you now. Hmm. Um, fair enough. Fair enough. But, uh, you know, overall it's, it's been a great experience and, and, uh, you meet a lot of great people and I've, I've got to do a lot of stuff that I probably wouldn't have done if I had a regular job where I had to work every day and go to a, a building and, you know, so everybody makes their choices. I knew it was going to be a little more work and. Well, and it's, um, just, it's like I said, it's a tough deal because this is not a lucrative deal. It's just people have a misconception, I think, of this. You know, I, I was at a show not that long ago with you and, um, you know, I go over there, your sister's there, you know, your mom's helping there, you know, mom's making sloppy Joe or, you know what I mean? For the guys working, you've got some of the other captains there, that, that pro staff with you. And this is, it's a family affair deal. And, and, you know, when you're around the family that much, sometimes some, you know, it gets a little tense. I mean, a little bit of tension going on. I mean, it's just reality. Oh yeah, my mom laughs. You know, my sister works at the company, and she's got to have her desk face the other way, otherwise we still fight at fifty some years old. 
Yeah, I've got a I've got a funny <laughs> get separated. I've got a funny story if you, if, if you remember with your mom, which I mean she's the last one I want to throw under the bus. So it's not a throw under the bus, but if you do you remember <laughs> let's just say you ask, I mean, the, I don't know how many colors we you know we try and we'll get into this later, so I don't want to go there quite yet. But the reality is is people don't understand how much goes into this stuff. And so you ask me every year for a, a, a list of color you know, names, because you, you probably come out with more colors than an average company, I would have to imagine. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, we're kind of known for the colors and, the, you know, and that's we got, develop a lot of that stuff and keep playing because the conditions keep changing. Right. So, again, throwing myself under the bus here, I send an Excel sheet to you, generally speaking, sometimes an email. And most of my names, because I like to try to be a little catchy. Well, apparently they're not mom catchy because about nine out of ten Mom says no dice too. Do you, I mean, is this factual? Oh yeah. Well, that's I tell everybody. You know, you you, you got to be willing to call up and uh, talk to my mom and ask for that color. And, and that's where I'm going. Now with I this. know you will, but most people are a little shy and and won't do that when they talk to my mom or my sister. She she's given um, me a few looks that she says she wanted to like kind of just have a down to earth talk with me at a couple of sports shows through <laughs> <laughs> through the years. She just like I need I need I need to I need to preach this boy up a little bit, but well. A quick funny story is she got a phone call from an older gentleman from Wisconsin, and he he was looking for pink panties and a salmon spoon, but he didn't want to say it to my ma. Ah, it's some pink thing, and you know it's a uh, I don't know how to explain it, but you're looking for pink panties. Yeah. Well, it, it, <laughs> he's like too embarrassed to say it to my mom. To my mom, and that's exactly where I'm going with this one because this is, I, I, like I said, this, mom's going to blush a little bit or she's going to get mad at me. But I think it's pretty funny. I mean, like the the color that I worked on with you guys called, um, I think it's called Doughboy now. Originally, it was short skirt, and if you yeah. remember, I put that on like a blog post or a TV show or something, and people were calling and asking for short skirt, and everyone's like, mm, "What do you mean?" Because that did not pass mom's approval, and we won't get exactly into why that was, the graphic nature of it, but, but the gist of it is it was just kind of funny. We were joking, and now these two guys are confused on the color pattern, but that's where I'm going with the pink panty. So if you remember when CJ, I think he was pretty, you know, kind of one of the main guys with that. Am I wrong on the development of pink panties? Yeah. Yep. And so when that's getting going, and I can remember mom hearing about pink panties and saying, yeah, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. And I remember you kind of us all standing there going like everyone's kind of looking at each other. And you were like, well, mom, we, we've been it's using too, this. It's too late. <laughs> we, we've been using this because that was a color. This, that's this is how good pink panties is. I mean, I'm still using it to this day. I don't know when that came out. Do you have any idea how long that's been out? Um, Six, seven years. Name after CJ's son. It's got to be 10 years ago, 12 okay. years ago, God. at least. Oh, God, I'm really dating myself now. So actually, we were down in Huron, Ohio when that's we right. first first time we caught a fish on it. And that's exactly right. And you painted me some spinner blades. This is yeah. how that went. I was still pulling some meat, and you guys were using some some juniors. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I went down and I remember looking at Ron's boat and with you and CJ, and I'm like, well, I'm, I'm no ding-dong. You guys got 14 rods in the rocket launchers, and half of them got this color on that we're now calling <laughs> pink panties. And I said, you need to paint me some of these up in a spinner blade. And I started using that on, on, a, on a harness when you guys were still pulling spoons. And yep. I'm like, dude, and that's the, the lore of that bait. Where we normally, yeah, normally we would just be testing, but you started selling them because all the captains want them. Everybody, I mean, normally this is something, these baits wouldn't have been, even been released until the sports show season. But everybody yeah. knew about it. So when mom heard about pink panties and she was having a fit, well, God, I, I think I'd already shot a TV show with you on this and we're calling <laughs> it out. 
And, and mom says, this is going to have to change. And you said, mom, we've sold X number of these already. She's like, pink panties it is. And I was like, even mom has a damn price. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I was like, I thought you had scruples just because we sold this many in three months. Are really, grandma? Come on now. Yeah. Um, it's, it's kind of funny, but yeah, that bait still catches them. That's just, you know, that's just one of those. It's like a chrome blue or something in a crankbait nowadays. Oh, it's, and you know, we have so many versions of it. Antifreeze and pink antifreeze and yeah. I mean, just a zillion different variations of that. And they all, that pattern just seems to work. You know, you run some different colors through it, but it's sure been a, a steady consistent producer and you know years, that's for sure i get to fish for a living and it's a pretty good gig you know what i mean i don't think most people want to go through and do what i do you know probably a pay cut and, and working a lot less or a lot more hours but the reality is one of the things that i do with you is we do a lot of testing you know i get a lot of water time you know you're out there quite a bit people don't realize you you run a charter boat uh, kind of on the side if you will in between all the, the chaos of running the day-to-day -day business and you know when we're down there testing this stuff out I wouldn't say primarily in the fall because I think we do a lot in the summertime too, depending on what it is. But the worst part of my deal, honestly, with you is, is I'm running maybe 15, 20, I mean, sometimes 30 colors that we're doing one-offs. I mean, I'm me and you, have we've done at the old bar eating a burger and, and having a beer right. and we're writing on a napkin. And, and that goes off to one of the prototype painters. And, you know, we're putting these and I've got a million lures and I'm taking cell phone pictures nowadays used to the camera pictures because we've got one or two of these things in case we lose it or if it gets chewed up. But what people don't understand is, is the reality is out of those, let's say, 30 lures, there's maybe five that make the cut. And that's probably a high number, is it not? Yeah. I mean, it's what well, we used to try to do. We we use the shows to, to promote the new colors. We used to put out 30 colors and we'd keep maybe 10 of those but we'd probably paint a hundred at least different variations of those trying to come up with stuff that we yeah, like exactly and, uh, and then a few that worked and you know it's kind of what in the in the past we didn't do so much testing beforehand uh, as we do now uh, we use the shows to see what people liked for the new colors and then you'd fish them and you'd see what they're coming back and buying again then we know which ones would work well, it's, it's, and you know. it's funny you say that because we did a, we did a shoot with uh, Scott Stecker from Refronter Lures. And I told him, I said, I doubt he remembers, but back 20 some years ago, he told me uh, a good lure has to do two things. And in the, and in very particular order, number one, it has to catch the fisherman's eye. Number two, it has to catch fish. And in that order, because the best lure that sits on a shelf doesn't go. And I always tell you that too. I, I half the time with some of these lures that are good. I have no idea. Like I look at it and go, really? And some of the stuff that I think is just great doesn't seem to catch jack shit. I don't, yep. you know, but again, back to that thing, I've got a special little box and we try to kind of keep these things quiet because they're nowadays with the internet and everything going, people painting garages and stuff, you know, people are trying to jock the stuff before you even get going. So I've got a little special right. box, you know, that I use for, for the, the prototype stuff because this is, it's not like corporate espionage, but this is undercover stuff, right? And it's just amazing. People see some of those things, my longtime clients or friends, and I'm, they're like, oh, my God, that's so cool. I'm like, no, it's not. The reality is, is two-thirds of those are going to suck. You know, I mean, it's just, it's, yep. that's just the nature of it. And I'm, I'm putting lures in the water that probably aren't the money baits, like some of my other favorite Silver Streak colors that I've been using for years that I, you know, that are known to be like Silver Streak, you know, down to earth, that your, your core group. Just consistent producers. Yeah, and it's, it's, you know, it's kind of crazy. Too. And everyone asks me. When I do get to fish, is everyone thinks I make lures for a living. That's great. You fish all the time. I'm like, I'm stuck in the shop. So all you guys can go out and have fun. But that's why that's why I charter. At least I get to go fishing once in a while. I got a trip. I got to go fishing. 
keeps me a little in touch and, and lets me play with some of the new colors. But everybody asks me, well, what do you use? And I'm like, doesn't matter. You don't have any. What do you mean? I'm running all prototype stuff because. And they, and they think that's cool. They, they want in on it. And you're like, no, you really don't. This is not the fun. This is not the glamorous part of this gig. I promise you that. No, because it's pretty hard. How are you going to take off a lure that's that's catching fish, especially if you have, you know, for you guys, you're running charters, your first priority is your customers. you got to catch your fish. Well, I do too, but I got, you know, I run a big boat, so I got more rods I can play with than, than you do in, in your boat. I usually run a lot more rods, so I can I can fiddle around with a couple rods where it's a little harder for you guys in the small boats. Well, yeah, and the reality is, is you know, right now we're fortunate there's something like 150 million fish on Lake Erie. So the reality is, is it's getting easier because there's certain days out there if you can't catch them, um, you know, it could be the circumstances or the water clarity or the conditions you got. But if you aren't catching them on something, it's probably needs to come off the rod and reel, right? Yeah, you know, that's that's the hard the hard thing now with uh, with color selection too is there is so many fish and fishing is so good that most things are catching fish. How do you, how do you know if one's a really good thing? Uh, if you're doing new colors, is that good compared to what's out there? I mean, that's why a lot of times I'll take off a color that's really hot, put a new color on there, same, same level, same lead lengths, everything, just trying to compare it. Where a lot of guys can't do that. Um, and I, I hate trying to, to compare and see what's I going on. I hate you know? to go there with the color thing, but when I think of silver streak lures, I think, I mean, you know, like reef runners got a lot of colors. You've got to have like the most colors of anybody, especially you even do stuff that's custom for like, you know, fish USA, for example, you know, they've got some exclusive colors. These things turn over. You've got some little small bait shops that, that want something exclusive or because it's maybe for that region. Right. But yeah, the color thing is just, it's just funny. Cause me and you, we, we talk on the phone while we're fishing and how many times have I called you or vice versa? And I'm like, Hey, um, God, you know, I'm terrible with the names. Half the time I got to text you in all honesty a picture because I can't remember what the names of them are. But, you know, purple do jig or whatever. And you put that on. And you're like, oh, my God, my high diver's on fire now. Thanks. Or you, you call me and say, hey, you know, I'd like even I can remember this uh, this early. I guess it was early fall. Me and Ron and you were talking and, and on the boards. I can't remember what it was. Maybe NASCAR or something was going. And, you know, again, that's kind of a unique color, right? Uh, oh yeah and boom boom just you know immediately start catching them but so many times that there's other factors that go into that i hate to be a color guy but god it sure does matter at times just like that silver thing you painted for me it was just amazing it looked like uh, a saber-toothed tiger went after that thing by the end of the year it was pretty chewed up um and you know it it does some days color doesn't matter some days it matters a lot um you know that's just part of that's part of fishing it's it's never the same out there. It changes from hour to hour. I mean, how many times have you've, you've, you've seen it when fishing is just, you're whacking away all of a sudden, gets clouded over, things change, colors change, you know, depths change a little bit, just with the, the light that's out there. You know, cloudy or bright and things change up. You yeah. Know? So you got to be willing to, to shift around as your day goes on the water. Absolutely. And speaking of change, here's the reality. How, I mean, just with my time, you know, when I've been with Silver Streak for, like I said, I'm roughly, I don't know, 16, 17 years, whatever. I don't even know the exact number, but the reality is, is you started to become a little more walleye focused. You know, I helped you with the harness thing. We worked on that a little bit, the blade baits, some stuff that's, that's come about. And not that you're getting away from, from the salmon stuff, but now all of a sudden it's kind of, even since I've been with you, we're going back full circle because of the way that the bite is, is spoons are really starting to do a comeback, aren't they? Yeah, it's, uh, the spoons will do really well, um, with the, with the amount of fish we have. It's just an easy way to fish, uh, and a lot faster way. 
you know, it's good for us charter boys for some of the big boats that are running six, five and six guys on a trip. And you got to catch a lot of fish uh, in a short amount of time. You can just run rods a lot faster with the spoons. You, you know, um, if you're running harnesses, it's, you know, it's, it's a long, slow process, especially if you get to put a new worm on every time you get a bite to get that presentation real nice. Um, so I, you know, running spoons, I can just catch fish a lot faster. Yeah, you don't have to check the just everything. Yeah, it's 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 a more efficient deal if it works just as good or better. I mean, yep. it's just a now you can catch them on plugs too, but now you got three hooks that you got to get out of the net. Where in spoon, you only got one, so you know I can take three fish out of a net. The time you take one out with a with a plug, it's right. just a it's just a time thing. They're all going to work. It's what you're comfortable with and how you presenting it and and controlling it and, and making sure you get it down to the levels where the fish are at, how your boat works, what, you know, what you're good at. Everyone's good at something. You got to figure that out. And, and um, you know, I, I don't want to get specific on tactics and things because, you know, we've got guys right now going to listen to this from South Dakota, from Maine, all over the place. And they're not, you know, exclusive to like the Great Lakes or even right. But mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it's a, a trend, if you've seen this with your other accounts across the country, but um, like the Silver Streak Mini, which actually is a it's a mini because it's in reference to the bigger salmon spoons. It's actually bigger than the Junior. So giving everybody at home here a little bit of idea. The Junior is the smallest spoon um, that Silver Streak currently has, right? Yep. So Juniors, then Minis. Right. So Silver Streaks and then Max. So Minis are actually a little bit bigger. It's kind of in between. Now, back when I first started kind of doing this deal, if you weren't using a Silver Streak Mini, uh, excuse me, Junior size, your catch ratio, you were you were leaving about 80% of the fish on the table. If you used a bigger spoon, you just didn't catch nearly as many. Now, we're going to blame that on, on the size of the fish. I don't even think you can because we had so many big fish back then. But I don't know. Maybe it was the size of the, the forage, you know, with emerald shiners. But I don't know if you saw that same thing. But if you had a mini down, now I know you, you've changed the mini since then too as far as the bend. Maybe we can talk about that a little bit. But the smaller the size, regardless, even if we're talking about other manufacturers here, the small spoons just flat out caught them better. Am I right on that? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, 10 years ago, crap, you didn't really. You might run a mini on your diver or something, but even it's still outproduced um, with the junior and, and any of the minis. And back, and we're going back, and we're going to go back to the late 90s, I before way before I, I knew you, or not even late 90s, mid 90s, before I knew you. Um, I had some some Silver Streak minis, and I didn't catch shit on them, to be honest with you, but it wasn't designed for walleyes. It was a different deal. And since then, you've made a change on that, haven't you? Yeah, when my dad my dad originally designed that, and we were just salmon fishing at the time. Um, so it's a lot faster presentation. You know, salmon fishing, we rarely go under two miles an hour. Um, your average is two, 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 three, even in cold water. They were faster. Um, we're walleye fishing, you know, it's a lot slower presentation. A lot of times we're two or, you know, we can go down to one seven in the cold water and still get good action on the spoons. So, you know, the reality is, is as I've gone to you and I've used those, uh, what I'm going to call the, the standard size silver streak, which is actually the salmon spoon, because mm-hmm. two, three years ago when we had those 80 million fish or whatever it was, and we had a ton of fish in that six to nine, 10 inch range, and they seem to love spoons, don't they? And it was just, Ugh, you couldn't keep them off of the juniors or the minis. So I was using even bigger stuff. And now the reality is, is my go-to spoon is a mini, plain and simple, which again, for everybody at home, that's actually the larger size. I That outfishes for me, the junior, most days by far. Yep. The last few years, we've, 
I mean, even last year I switched over to all running all minis, and that's the it's a three inch spoon over the two and three eighths junior. Um, they just seem to be liking that right now. The little bigger spoon. Um, you say ten years ago it was all juniors. We, you know, couldn't you catch a few on minis, but it, odds were you're really gonna get out fished if you run the bigger spoons. Were now, now it's that's what they're wanting. Before everybody leaves their box of small spoons in the boat, I will tell you there's been several days I can think of like in the late summer, early fall when we're fishing divers. And I was, you know, I was kind of struggling, like I was using some stick baits early, you know, trying to catch some really big fish on my divers. And then that kind of dies off a little bit as the sun comes up, all of a sudden I'm on the minis and that kind of dies off. And then I make the move to, to the junior, which is again, the smallest size. And it bailed my ass out plain and simple. I know you do the same thing on, on the big boats. And I can't explain why that is, but you know, don't leave them at home. If you think you're going to go out there with one size spoon, you are a ding dong. Yeah, no. And I think... Uh, and we've talked before, even when you're pulling harnesses, you know, when the bite gets tougher, you, you know, you downsize everything. Um, quick little theory of mine is just them fish have fed all night or something and, and they're not as hungry. So they're not going to take a big meal. But if a little thing comes by, doesn't swim as fast, a lot easier meal. Um, it's a poor little dude stuck on the outside of the pack of minnows. He's the first one going down. It's a, it's a quick, easy meal. I've, I've done that salmon fishing for years. I've run junior salmon fishing you know especially after 10 in the morning when the bite gets real tough man they just they gobble the little stuff because it's they swim and they eat right now that they've been a meal but they're going to take it if it's if it's easy for them and you know kinda, and you, you know this but i just came off a, a pile of speaking engagements private clubs and all kinds of different stuff and those things are, are kind of a good checker gauge for me and i always just laugh because Again, I, I, every single speaking engagement that I have, people come up to me and say, hey, what color you know, harness or, or, or spoon should I get with Silver Streak? I mean, it, literally every single time after I get done giving a whole presentation about what really matters and color doesn't matter, right? <laughs> and, and in all seriousness, the size of the spoon matters day in and day out more than the color. If you have the right color and the wrong size, you're still going to get your butt kicked most times. Is, I mean, is that fair? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think so. It's, um, <clears throat> it's definitely changed. Even in salmon fishing, we're running a lot smaller spoons than we used to run. You know, there's some guys that are still running a lot of mags, but a lot of the top salmon guys, they're running minis and regular streaks where they only used to only run mags. I mean, everything, why the Great Lakes are changing, I, I don't know what's going on. It's a cycle. Maybe it's because... Um, if that's what everybody talks about, that's what everybody's running. So there's more in the water. So that catches more fish. They're seeing that more. I don't know. Um, well, it's a strange deal. And the one thing you've taught me a lot about is in, you know, just the stuff. And I know we won't get into this because it's kind of trade secret stuff, but you've taught me a lot about how you design the spoons. And it's just amazing to me at what just tiny incremental differences make a difference because I know, I know I catch a ton of fish on, on, on the minis and the juniors and it just, you know, there's a lot of spoons out there in the market nowadays, right? There's a lot of knockoffs. There's a lot of just private labeled stuff. And I, I've, I firmly have a lot of confidence in your stuff and running them in the water aside from the paint jobs. Cause some of them are pretty simple that I use. They don't look pretty. I mean, our, this custom one that me and you have been working on is, is not one that you're going to grab off the shelf and say, that just looks like the prettiest <laughs> one going. Right. I mean, it's, it's bare bones, simple, but it flat out works. Yep. And the one thing that I've learned with you on the development of the, of the spoons and things is is not actually the spoon itself, but I, and I've, I've worked these into my, my speaking deals and seminars and such, is the terminal tackle. And, and tell us about, you know, 
how important it is because most guys are not rigging their leaders and, and their terminal properly. Well, the way you got to think about it is, is if you're running like a junior, very small surface area, um, going through the water, it's creating force, you know, as, as it moves through the water, it's the, the water's going across there. It's creating a force. Um, the more weight you put on that spoon, the faster you have to go to force it to swim. Um, so a lot of guys um, will take them to, oh, you know, I'm bending up all my hooks. So they put this great big freaking hook on there. Well, now you've effectively narrowed the speed range of that spoon because you put a great big weight on the tail end of it. Now you slowed the action down. It doesn't, it doesn't move as far when it's swimming from side to side or as fast. You've slowed it down. So you've really lost the whole bottom end of the speed range on that spoon. Uh, and the same with their swivel. Guys will, you know, there's some riders I, I fished with some guys and it's like, holy crap, you guys, you, you guys know how to fish and you got a great big ass salmon swivel on this little ass uh, walleye spoon. I said, you, you're just killing it. You know, I run just a wire snap on mine. Um, I put the ball bearing swivel at the end of my uh, five, six foot leader. You know, as long as I have one ball bearing in the system, that's all you need. Right. Um, so I take that weight off that spoon, and now what you're doing is freeing that spoon up. It can swim a lot farther from side to side and a lot faster action. Um, so now it's maybe a little bit different than people are seeing. Or, you know, if they want it slow or fast, you have a lot of um, variables that you can play with and not hurt that spoon. So um, generally speaking, as far as the leaders themselves, Tell me the, the materials, the length, and, and how that affects things and how that's going to affect your, your performance. Um, we like as long as leaders you can. I, I tell people to run as long as you can and still be able to net the fish, um, depending on what boat you're in and how far you can back up. Um, I run a six-foot leader, um, and I'll I'll get it down to four foot. I'm kind of anal. I retie a lot, especially with the, the walleyes. They're pretty toothy, and they can chew it up pretty good right around the spoon. Um, you know, once it gets under four feet, I'm probably going to change it. It's getting a little short for me. Um, you get you get a real short leader. It really does some funky things to the spoons. Um, so I like that. You know, at least four to six foot leader. I think you need to make the spoon run right. Um, and I just run a, a 20 pound fluorocarbon. Um, you can go lighter. Um, you just got to be a lot more diligent and checking your line for nicks and stuff because now you're going to lose them. It depends on who you're fishing with. A lot of times, you know, I'm chartering, so I got guys that don't know much, and I turn my back for a minute, and they got the thing reeled up to the back of the boat, and they got it hanging out of the water, picking it up, you know, I'm like, whoa. I, I've seen a few Give fish. Give me a chance to net it, you know. Yeah, I've seen a few <laughs> fish in, so, in, in the first guide of the rod, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Ugh, so they ugh. get excited, and they don't stop reeling, they just... Well, um, so I run a little heavier leader, but that, you know, that'll slow the spoons down a little bit. Um, you know, a lot of guys go to the 12 pound and, and that's, that'll work. You just got to be a little more gingerly on your, your reeling. You know, and, and again, I'm not a spoon guru like you, but I like a little heavier again, just the time. If I don't think I'm, I'm losing bites, but I'll use a leader material, something I can kind of walk the dog with. And the thing that I found is on the slow side of the turn, I think I still get more action out of that because it's it's more direct connected, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Um, so I, I actually don't like the real loosey-goosey leaders that you maybe would if you were live bait rigging or something, but I like that more of the that stiff, actual like saltwater leader material. Do you do the same thing? 
Um, I haven't played much with the, the leader material the last seven, eight years. I've been um, pretty much on fluorocarbon 20 pound. Mm-hmm. Um, just so I don't have to retie as much. And like I say, it hasn't, it hasn't hurt my fishing that much. There's never really any days where I feel like it's really hindering me a lot. Um, it might cost me a couple fish. Or if I had some lighter lines, some guy buddies that are running some lighter line are getting a few more bites than me, but uh, I can usually overcome that and just, you know, right. make sure you're on a good angle and, and got everything else working right. And so run so a few more rods and you'll get your bites. The thing that I want to re- rehash here is small terminal tackle is basically within reason as small as you, as you need, especially if you're planning on using the smaller lures or, or slower speeds, because every time I do one of these speaking gigs, somebody comes up and they're like, and they've got, like you said, they've got this ball bearing swivel. It looks like they're going halibut fishing and they go, no, 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 this is what I do. And I catch fish. And I'm thinking, man, you could literally catch so many more just by doing, just changing this out. I mean, and it's, I don't know why guys fight that. I really don't. Yeah. Well, you know, you got to look at it like this, you know, they're running a snap swivel. That's a hundred or 120 pound rated. I'm like, you're running 15 or 20 pound line. What do you need a hundred pound freaking swivel for? That's right. And, and, and that goes to also the you quality, know? you know, 120 pound rated of what, if you use junk terminal tackle, you don't even have to have expensive terminal tackle. I mean, this isn't 20 years ago when you had to have good quality sample and all that. There's a lot of good terminal tackle, um, like VMC or Spro is generally what I use. They're not really that expensive. They last forever. And they're, you know, generally speaking, corrosion resistant. You don't have to spend a ton of money to get a good quality, small, more than no, doable. I usually, I usually make my own. I mean, I buy the ball bearing part and I like the welded rings. You know, I just buy the plain, the plain ball bearings with two welded rings. I cut the one off and, and I put a wire snap on there. Because so I like the round bend. I think that lets the spoon work a little more uh, instead of like, um, you know, what's a the cross locks so that it got a little really sharp bend at the end right kind of hampers it a little bit um, but i just like the the lightness of the of the wire snaps and i run a really small one you know it's probably only a 30 pounder or something it's, it's all you need everybody listening it's all you need just trust us i mean try it i mean i know you're catching fish now but you think you'd be amazed at how many more you'll catch well that's it every everything every, i tell everybody everything catches fish it's it's how long do you want to be out there to catch your fish broken clock fishing you know, it's all all <laughs> these little things add up to you know if you're fishing against your buddy and you want to get your butt kicked well yeah run the great big swivels and, and do all that you want to do but if you want to be consistent uh through all the different conditions and that's you know that's how we designed our spoons to work in as many conditions as possible there might be a certain condition where something works better than what we have, but over the long haul, you know, our stuff's going to, going to produce consistently through every condition is, is our goal. And, you as know, as a company, we're, we're, we're into telling some guys of the behind the scenes stuff here, but we're not going to give away any of the trade secrets. And like I said, when we, we kind of talked here a few minutes ago, is you taught me an insane amount about, you know, the spoon design and we aren't going to tell people all that. That's not their business. We just know that you better have some juniors and some minis out there, but the terminal tackle thing is an absolute, just no brainer. And while you've taught me about that spoon stuff, I'm going to tell you, I taught you a little bit about uh, rattle spoons. I mean, can I, can I go there? I mean, can we tell this story? If we must, I guess. So bring, bring up nightmares. Yeah, I mean, I mean, so everybody at home, here's the deal. Chip 
is basically like, hey, now we got this walleye stuff going. He sees me out ice fishing. You know, I'm on the ice team. I, I run an ice fishing guide service. And we're using all this stuff and all this homemade stuff. And he says, he made the mistake of saying, well, maybe we should do an ice lure. You know, that would be great. Which I I say you, you say that's a horror, but it's really not because it's been so successful. But what people don't realize, again, and this is a huge testament to you. Most companies, and I could say almost probably say all companies, would have, and I know we even tested your limits on this one because we were damn near four years from start to finish in development. A lot of because of, of shitty ice, but the reality is the, the lure that's out, out now called the Rattle Streak is a rattle spoon that's primarily designed for ice fishing. But the reality is, is it works really good in open water, cold water conditions. Uh, I know guys that are actually perch fishing with it in the summertime, trying to get a little bit better size fish. Um, but we went to work on this thing, and I mean, God, what a nightmare that was. I mean, it was. <laughs> It was a long time in process, and uh, but I mean, you got to go through all those steps and and through all the rigors to get, you know. And we went through talking to you. You went through everything that was consistently producing fish for you. And we looked at everything and tried to figure out why things produce and what, what, you know, what's going on. And and uh, I mean, the big thing was the the sound of the rattle. You know, you had to get the right rattle. That's. Well, see, that's, I think was one of our biggest problems was finding was. the right rattle that. Uh, um, and again, I'm not going to give. Yeah, I'm not going to give away too many specifics exactly. But the long and the short of it, guys, is we I glued in twenty different rattles. I mean, I'm talking buying everything I could find to you know taking them out of other lures and just trying to see because there's a lot with that frequency and pitch. And the long and the short of it is. A, a guy in the industry that I know that makes custom things. I mean, this is a truly custom rattle that you had to have custom made. And it absolutely was the difference between when we were out fishing and I'm going to throw a couple of your guys without naming names under the bus when we were prototyping this and they're like, Oh yeah, it works. It works. And they had the other rattles. And I mean that new, the, the rattle, I say the new rattle, but the current rattle in that, the only one that's been on the market, that thing outfishes the other rattles, I would say 10 to one easily easily yep you know that's you know that's part of the long process you got to get things right before you put it on the market at least at least for us i mean I'm, I'm putting my name on it that's that's the challenge to me i mean anybody can go out and make lures and sell them that's the easy part but to make stuff that consistently catch fish that's the challenging part for me and which keeps me coming back uh, and gets me excited you know trying to develop something that is going to work in as many conditions for as many people because everybody has a little bit different style, um, but consistently produces fish. And, and you know, if you remember when we went out, I'm, I'm going to roll you on this one. So just 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 simmer down for a second. But we unfortunately, were, I remember. Yeah, we we so everybody at home. Here's the deal. We went out on Erie and uh, Chip was fishing in one of my shacks and we're out. Uh, one of my good friends is probably the best ice fisherman I've ever I've ever been around. I mean, he just if he can't catch them, they ain't there. And and he's catching them good. And I'm catching them pretty good. And Chip's kind of struggling over there. Well, again, th- this is the part that people don't realize that it sucks testing things out. It sucks because when you know you can catch him doing something else. And and again, a little bit backing up the background on this. I told you this and I know you trust me. We worked very close together for a long time that the quarter ounce. Uh, size was just flat out working and we couldn't get the three eights or I didn't feel that the three eights caught him as well. Now, again, taking into consideration that the size, meaning, you know, when current or just even flat out that it just, it was something was different on the, on the flopping around. Do you remember that? 
Mm-hmm. And you were out there and you were trying the three eights and, I, and it was glow yellowtail. I, I can remember, I don't remember breakfast or even an hour ago, but it was glow yellowtail. And you, you had those down there and you're like, yeah, I got like two fish and I'm just jacking them over there. You even were yelling over. I remember like, what's all that noise splashing? I'm like, dude, I'm two at a time, two at a time. <laughs> and we went back and, and a guy who runs, you know, stuff for me and is one of your pro staff guys, um, he did some tooling on that for us. And I want to say we did like four changes to just, I mean, when you say tweak, the problem was is people don't realize that the problems with it is you're getting these things painted. We were using different types of hooks, sizes of hooks and split rings just to know which one was which. So when we were in the testing, you know, which one catches them and which one doesn't. I mean, that's kind of a problem that people don't think about because they all look the same if you throw them on the floor. Try to keep them all straight and which one is which. And I mean, that's, they're very subtle changes and that's what people don't realize when you put it in the water, little changes in the shape or, or weight change the action so much. Yeah. And, and with that quarter and the, uh, the quarter and three eighths, um, the, the quarter was has always been good out of the gate. Then the three eighths was good. And now the half is when you fished with me last year at the islands, the half was the moneymaker. And just because of current yeah. and the way that things were swimming. But people don't realize that. I mean, I could not visually tell the difference in the tooling. It was so, so minor on a lead spoon. I mean, this is not, you know, I mean, we're not trolling this thing on slack or something. I mean, just tiny, tiny. And it's amazing the difference. I think that's one of the things with the ride I've been on with you is 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 learning it how the, the minute differences and that's why certain companies just have stuff that catches some fish but they just they don't have that reputation that you do and it's because well, it's, of that time they put in yeah and i've talked to guys that just go and you know they'll make a tool and, and run it i'm like you know you didn't test fish it you don't do this why do you have such a great big ass hook on there everyone like oh i had to slow the action down i'm like you know didn't you prototype and you run through all that stuff no like i don't know how you put stuff on the market without Testing it and see if it catches fish. I mean, like on the junior streak, I think I, I thought my die maker was going to kill me. Um, I changed that 10 times before I was happy with the action. Um, and my die makers are old Harley dudes. And, and that dude kept looking at me that, that little bit of change and take the, the, the punch out and he'd grind a little bit. I'm like, okay, let's run it through there. I'm like, no, no, I want, this is what I want, you know, certain little bend and, I finally, I finally got it to where I was happy and, and did everything after 10 changes. Excuse me of being pickier than my, than my dad. Or, or some guy that can tell the difference who painted pink <clears throat> panties. Yeah. But you, but know, you know what? Sometimes I had it doesn't those guys matter. out fishing right after that. Mm-hmm. When we first put them on the market. And we were catching them five at a freaking time. We couldn't keep the, the lures in the water. And, uh, they're all Harley guys. You know, and he cracked the beer up and, and he set the beer down. And he never got back to his beer. I kept handing him freaking rods. <laughs> you know, pretty soon he turned around and he says, hey, this is BS. He says, I ain't had a chance to drink my beer. I said, that's what we do at the picnic table while we're cleaning fish. Well, and so that's why we changed the dice so much. Now this, you know. And that's, freaking works. that's a testament to you and, and shows why you've been along all these garage operations that come or go or guys that copy or paint these stock things that are out there. I mean, the reality is, is a big company can't roll with the punches like you do. They're not going to have, you know, custom colors for a fish USA. They're going to, you know, like Rappel. I mean, I, I like Rappel stuff or whatever, but, you know, they put out X number of colors. They're not going to have a color that's just for Lake Huron or the Western Basin of Lake Erie. It doesn't make sense. But that's really, I think, a big advantage. You're like a big you're like a small, big company or a big, small company, depending on the day. You're able yeah, to, to swing with, you know, the punches here. More of a custom house, you know, because we can roll with the punches. And like I say, every 
each region has different colors or, or colors that they promote different stores um they're you know they got all their buddies they're all running certain colors and this gets hot or something so you know we're able to jump in and you know get them what they need within a week where the big the big companies can't do that you know they're doing they might run that one color once or twice a year right and they're out they're out where you know we're painting every every week to orders and, and keeping on what's hot and what's going well, normally I would tell you, I look forward to hearing what's, what's going on or what's coming, but we can't tell anybody, but there's some new things in the works with Silver Streak besides just colors and we'll keep it at that. But there's always new things and innovation going. And I think that's what makes Silver Streak Silver Streak and, and why I like working with you guys and, and use your stuff so much. Because the reality is there's a lot of guys that use stuff and there's a lot of guys that say they're sponsored by a company. But when push comes to shove, whether I'm fishing for a tournament or, you know, in reality, just on a guide trip, I, I got to put in the water what works. And, and most of the time, it's a silver streak if I'm fishing a spinner or a uh, or a crankbait or a custom painted crankbait or a uh, harness, what have you. So even in the blade baits now. So you've really got pretty uh, a pretty diverse lineup compared to even you know five or ten years ago. Yeah, we uh, we keep tinkering with more things. You know, these pro staff guys they keep giving me new ideas, and I open my mouth and before I think about it. And we're going to keep it at that. Now I end up now I end up doing something else. We'll, we'll, we'll leave you with this. There may be something coming down the pipe. It may take a couple of years because we don't have it completely dialed in. But there, we're always working on stuff. You know, it's like in my ice fishing things. We were working in July on that, and there's some some new stuff coming with that too. Of course, this year we don't have as much ice to, to get it out there. But always working and developing, and that's what I think puts you guys on top, and why I look forward to working with you guys and doing all the stuff as always. Yep, well, conditions are always changing, so we're always trying to, to stay on top of things. The lakes change, the weather changes, you know, and, and uh, new things become available to us so we can change paints or different things. So, you know, it's always ever-evolving, so we try to stay on the, the top of things. Well, Chip, I really want to thank you for giving us your time and uh, opening up with stuff, and we look forward to doing this again. Everybody at home, make sure you check out Big Water Fishing. We're pretty much on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, anything Big Water Fishing, that is us. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Until next time, catch some fish. Mm-hmm.